It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jazz in action tonight, kicking off a six game road trip at OKC. You'll hear that game right here on your exclusive radio home of the Utah Jazz, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. And joining us right now, the owner of the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith. Kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. Ryan, how are you? Hey, Ryan. What's up, guys? How are we rolling? We're doing well. Very well. Low happy, profile. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We made it. <laughs> happy Friday, indeed. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is, is that we're going to ask you some questions that I'm sure you get peppered with. You can't go to a grocery store, I'm sure, without getting asked a bunch of questions. But uh, I want to get the uh, the big topic that I know everybody's hitting you up with right now is the end of March, you know, AT&T Sportsnet informed teams out there that they're shutting down their regional sports networks. And um, is there a level of confidence that they'll still carry games after March and get you through the regular season? Or is there going to have to be another option? What's the status on that? Oh, no. Everyone's watching games, jazz games, in the the same way they do right now through the end of the year, like through through the end of our season. So no one needs to worry that all of a sudden it's all going to stop. And so we'll get that out of the way first and foremost. So you're not going to expect a bunch of disruption um, on that. There was a lot of teams that were involved in those announcements and, you know, our, our contracts up at the end of this season. And so um, we're going to work hard to do exactly what we said we were going to do when we took over is trying to get ubiquitous access to our fans all over the state and beyond for the jazz games. What is your number one goal in the next round of negotiation and distribution, Ryan? What's the number one thing that you want to try to achieve with that next contract and distribution? Well, yeah, so distribution has changed in a way that there's no scenario probably within this next round where financially the Jazz aren't going to take a massive hit from the previous world. Everyone knows that, everyone sees that, and that's just part of it, like – and it is what it is. I think the, the number one goal that I have is I want every single jazz fan, no matter where they are in the state and beyond, to be able to watch our games in any format that they want to. And I want it to be easy. I want it to be accessible. And, you know, right now, I mean, I come from the experience world. Everyone knows that. Like, we don't have a great experience. And, I think our partnership with AT&T has been great, but at the same time, like being able to provide our games to 30, 40, 50% of the possible fans in the state is not ideal for anyone. And I think our players, our coaches, our team, everyone who's working hard in the organization deserves to have that product out there and 
a ubiquitous way. And so that's probably all I'll jump in and say, and we're working on it, but it's something that like my line on this has not changed from the second that we took over. Like the fan experience can be better on this front. I get it. It's complicated, but it's in front of us and I'm confident where we're going to end up that that's the goal. And we'll have phenomenal options. And I think people will be pretty pleased. So overall, you have a high level of confidence that come September, October of next year, that this will be in a place where you're going to be really proud of the distribution and where you're going to be at? I think so. I think it'll be a journey um, because like where you start with anything is never right or correct. Like you have to evolve and we're in a world with a lot of iterations. Um, and I think you're seeing that with MLS as they start next week or this week or we're starting on Apple Apple TV, like that's a journey and Eddie Q at Apple's, you know, a friend and has, has talked to me all about that, that these partnerships need to be journeys together as opposed to we sign a deal and we don't look at it for 10 years. That never goes well. And so I think we're entering a new phase of these types of partnerships and um, I'm excited where it's going to be. The amount so of... It's, the amount of questions that are coming in in regards to this, it has to be encouraging to you because everybody just wants to see this product, Ryan. It's just, it's yeah. a fantastic product and people like, just want to see it. We're 100% aligned. Like, I'm aligned, everyone's aligned. Like, you know, I talk to Ainge all the time about this. It's like in Boston, the, the, the way they had this viewership everywhere is just something that we have not had in a way. And, um, Look, it's a financial hit. Like, it's going to be a financial hit for the Jazz. Like, it is what it is. And we're going to have to figure out other ways. But, you know, we believe in the product, and we believe that'll work itself out down the road. And we're going to have to take a bite at it, but it is what it is. Mm. And so, like, the most important thing is our fan experience, and then we get it out there for everyone. Ryan Smith, owner of the Utah Jazz, kind enough to join us. All right, so when you purchase the team, you go back to October of 2020, and you knew you had an all-star game coming up in two and a half years and all the work and all the preparation and all the time. And I know it was countless hours for you and your crew to put this thing together. Now that it's a couple of weeks in the rearview mirror, what was that experience like and just how proud of, uh, of your organization and the city and the state on, on what you were able to produce? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, I mean, I think we started two years ago. We, I mean, within the first couple of weeks, we, we're looking at that because that was a big moment and required a lot of work for where we needed. And, you know, we were all sitting there telling ourselves, well, we got Laurie market in here. Who's going to be a starter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one saw that. Uh, uh, like, look, first of all, I'm super proud of our state because all-star was a compelling event that we haven't had in a long time in the state to say, Hey, what happens when we actually activate and pull our city and our state together? There's been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of exciting things. And we just haven't had a moment like this for the state. And it's kind of been disjointed. And this was a moment to pull it together and say, hey, like, how does this all look on the court, per se? Like, what if we just pull it all together? And there was a lot of work that was done by the organization, by the city, by the state. And I could not be more proud of how it came together. There's not a day that goes by right now where I'm not getting calls. I got a call earlier from an executive in New York. Everyone saw the Utah show and it wasn't the NBA show. It wasn't the, it was the Utah show. And 
they saw like something special and they all felt it. And this is, you know, sometimes we're our hardest critics inside our own state. I wouldn't say sometimes I would say all the time, but what we did in the state of Utah, the last two weeks, everyone's still buzzing out there. Like from the NBA saying, Hey, you've completely raised the bar at what all-star is. Um, to the players who were going, holy cow, I mean, outside of Charles, who didn't leave his hotel room, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, like, you, you guys stood up nightlife in two weeks that has never existed anywhere else, and it was epic. You couldn't even get to all the spots. Um, to people going, holy cow, like, I'm going to buy a second home in Utah because the serenity, the wellness, everything else that I could feel when I was there – in in reality, like like the weather was perfect. I remember driving back up to Salt Lake Sunday morning, Sunday kind of mid afternoon, um, and like perfectly blue skies, like the snow cap mountain. I was like, holy cow! Like that was just the perfect weekend. And then if you look at like the events that took place, like you know, I was pretty vocal about jam session, which the NBA doesn't do anymore. It's, it's the equivalent of putting on the arena games like three different times because they've got to go stand that up. But we had a vision of like basketball convention going on in the salt palace with, with this moment where every kid could come. And that's exactly what happened. Like kids were in there and just shooting hoops and playing and, there was just something to do for everyone. And so I, I'm super proud, like the way the, the transit came together from, from the mayor and Salt Lake and our government, the airport that was activated. It's all one big experience of Utah. And we said that we, when we were taking over with SCG, what we want to do is just connect Utah. And we did that together with, with the, the city, the state. And I, I think people were pretty surprised, but I don't, I don't know that we were as much. Ryan, the feedback I'm most interested in and would like just a little bit more insight on is, was there a post-All-Star weekend conversation with Adam Silver or the NBA front office? And what did they think uh, about the state and about everybody coming together? I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, like, I think that's the part that, like, is not something to to take lightly i have not had one negative comment from the league or players to the opposite i've had nothing but positive comments about wow utah is different wow we've never seen utah like this um and, and part of that's because if you think about how people have experienced our state it, it's been a little bit of like fly over, they come, they come for a purpose and they just kind of pass things by. Um, you know, and even when Dwayne, Dwayne came, it's like, Hey, it was kind of hotel to arena back to hotel, the plane. Right. And a lot of times that's, that's been for whatever reason, like there's been a purpose 
no one's had to like kind of sit down and say, hey, like we're here for three days. We're actually going to experience the state. And that's what we knew All-Star was going to bring. People were actually going to experience it. And we always tell people, like, if you come and experience Utah, you'll see what it is. And that's what I think everyone saw. Because they couldn't, I mean, maybe a couple just sat in their hotel room the whole time. But, like, most people had to experience it. Ryan Smith joins us, joins us, owner of the Utah Jazz. Um, I think we all anticipated Quinn Snyder to be a hot commodity at the end of the season. I don't know if we anticipated he'd be on a bench before the end of the regular season, but what was that process like from your perspective and the front office when, when he and Atlanta come to you and say, hey, uh, we're, we're ready to pull the trigger on this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think Danny said it best in the, in the press conference, if you remember, when we, when we kind of, uh, uh, talked with Quinn or about Quinn in that process. And, um, you know, he said Quinn's going to be back on the bench shortly. So I'm not surprised at all. Quinn's an incredible talent. And um, I I think that, you know, obviously Atlanta sees that and the ties are deep there. And so, um, you know, we wish him nothing but the best and so grateful for the contribution that he made to our organization. And um, there was nothing surprising about it at all. And, probably if I'm in his shoes coming in with 20 games left to see what I've got rather than starting at the beginning of next year. It's like you kind of get a sneak peek because a lot of organizations are at a point where they kind of need to look at the decisions in front of them and say, Hey, which way do we go depending on how this ends up? So I actually, I'm him. I'm going 20, 20 games prior as well. Well, Ryan, you've got to be beside yourself with the the success of the the group that Danny Ainge was able to assemble through the trades, and and then all the the picks that you've currently got. You this has to have go well beyond your dreams of where you would be at this point after moving away from Donovan Mitchell, Quinn Snyder, and Rudy Gobert. Is that a question? Yes. <laughs> uh, so. Look, I think that, you know, I came into the jazz. I was like, okay, I want to see a five-year plan. I want to see a three-year plan. Like, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm, I'm running this like you would, like a Texas and everything else. And reality is, like, the more I sat down with Justin and, and, and Danny specifically, he's like, all you can do is make the best decisions with what you have in front of you, and everything changes. This is a marketplace. And this is this is one of the things that, as a fan, I probably didn't understand as much until you got in, like, you know, it, you know, being a fan, it's so fun to be like, oh, what will we do? What we sh- should we do? What about this trade or this or that? It, it's a marketplace. And you go out into the marketplace and you've got to ask yourself, like, okay, with the information that I have in front of me, with where things are going, with the stuff I control and don't control, like, how, how does this play out? And you really just need to put your best foot forward. And none of these decisions, which is also super interesting, are, are made in isolation. So these, this is more of like a supply chain of decisions that, that come together. And that, that's another, another big thing. And so whether you look at, you know, recent trades that have gone through and the hundreds and hundreds of conversations that happened that didn't go through, which is something I probably didn't realize. Like if there's a move the Jazz are making, like it's because that's the deal that's available and on the table and, and really the best deal for, for a bunch of reasons. And there's never really, I have not seen a situation where 
there is a stone that's not unturned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like, like just throw, uh, just from coming from a fan standpoint in this world, every stone is unturned. In fact, I would argue that this market has seen deals in stones that were unturned that no one thought even could exist or would exist. <laughs> right. And so, so I think that if you start there, you've got to look at it and say, Hey, why, why would you do certain things? And, you know, it can be flexibility. Like obviously the picks have a bunch of, of flexibility. Like when we came in, we, we had kind of gone all in similar to like, you know, where Phoenix is at, where they're all in um, and, and LA is now all in like, like we were, we were, we were kind of at that juncture where you had to kind of go all in or take a look back. And we talked about how Rudy kind of, advance that process for us with the Minnesota deal. And so when you're on that track, then the question becomes like, okay, what other ways can you have massive flexibility now that we have all these picks, you know, obviously cap is a massive opportunity. We, we were not only constrained by picks, but we were constrained by cap. So, you know, in the Mike Conley situation, which was one that we had two years ago, um, you know, we signed Mike and there was really no, no other um, option out there. I think we had a mid-level and, and Dallas was dealing with that last year. Like we couldn't add another piece on top of him. Right. It was, it was really difficult. And so I think that being in a spot where we have these picks and, you know, a massive amount of cap space next year, just provide Danny and Justin the ability to go do um, the job that they want to go do. And, and I think that's super encouraging. I think to do that with the group that we have, a lot of the moves that were made recently were to free up time to see Ochai Abaji and Walker Kessler to really understand like those pieces under the time frame and the window that we, we have going forward because, you know, the next couple months and off season, they're going to be busy times and we really need to understand like where we're at and where we need to improve, not only through the draft, but with the cap space that we have going forward. So overall, I think we're, we're, we're in a good spot. Um, it's easy to, it's a lot easier to, to kind of tear something down in a way than it is to build it back up. But I think that, we're pretty fortunate to be, to be where we're at. And that's a long, that's a long answer to a non-question. guys. <laughs> to just a, a, yeah, kind of leaving it out. There's a statement. Hey, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, but it, it's like, I think you all see it as well. Like yeah. I don't need to, I mean, anyone who follows it, it's like, Oh my it's God, incredible. we got, we got Laurie, we got this. And, and our guys are good. Like to have Danny in this organization, um, at this time with this window and the partnership with Justin and Fizz and Will, like um, that, that to me is what matters most. Um, those relationships and the partnerships, because then you just put your arms in the middle and say, we're all in this together. Let's go. And that's what I love. And it doesn't matter the decisions or where we're going. Like we're all in it together and we're, we're, we're going to do this. Great place to be. Ryan, we appreciate it. Always good catching up with you. We can't thank you enough yeah, for yeah. making time for us. Any any time. High school sports, like you getting out to games this 
this weekend? Dude, the tournament is so much fun. I, I love the high school tournament. Love the uh, the uh, the college tournaments are going to kick, kick off later this week and into next week. These are like my favorite three weeks of the year into the NCAAs. It's unbelievable. I'm like balancing right now between my girls full, going full dance days and dance competitions and all of that to like how do I get up to Weavers because I want to watch these high school games plus the Jazz are playing. Like it's it's there's never a dull moment. No. Nope. It never and and by the way, for you guys, the off season it definitely won't be a dull moment either. Well, so we're well, looking forward to it. And knowing that your daughters are in dance, yeah, there's no such thing as dull moments. Well, there's <laughs> no. just a lot of sitting and watching. Oh, and, and, and you're trying to get the timing right. It's it's fun though. Like I think that those are the those are the great moments and you gotta show up at everywhere you can and um my wife runs the dance studio so that's like our life it's like basketball and dance and um i love it i love it my girls uh they're 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 growing and to watch them grow and compete it's pretty cool that's awesome ryan thank you so much we appreciate it great stuff ryan all right thanks bye you got it ryan smith right here on 97.5 the ksl sports zone a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.